with Anita Vita. I'm your host, Anita Vita, master medical Qigong teacher and healer. I'm so grateful and thankful you're here for another amazing episode. As you know, this show aims to amplify women's voices, have them share their stories so that they are a ripple effect of healing in this world. I'm so excited to have another beautiful guest for you today. She needs no introduction. She's best known for playing the role of Brandy Max on Parks and Rec. And I'm so grateful and thankful for you to meet the fabulous actress Mara Marini to the show, everyone. Please welcome her. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I am so good. I'm so happy to see you again. I've always loved your energy and just the way you show up for people it's so genuine and I, I really appreciate that you're here thank you so much for having me i love yeah. it i love it <laughs> so you're most welcome and for those who don't know who you are or who hasn't had a chance to to watch the show just yet can you tell our audience and listeners just a little bit about yourself sure yeah so um, I'm originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, the frozen tundra. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to diss Winnipeg at all. It's, it's just, it's a little too cold for me personally. So I was always like, from a very young age, I knew what I wanted to do. And so I would always tell my parents, like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to move to LA from four years old. I would say this, like all my yearbook quotes, everything I did was like, how do I get to LA? How do I get to LA? So at 17, uh, I left home and went to uh, York University in Toronto for their theater program. And then uh, while I was there, auditioned for the American Academy, Academy of Dramatic Arts. And that was like my ticket to Los Angeles. So I came out here when I was like 18 and I've been here my whole adult life. Um, came out for school and stayed for work. And yeah, a lot of my credits are in like the comedy world, which has been amazing and really fun. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm classically trained, so I do love drama and stuff too. I've done a ton of theater, uh, films, but I really love TV and I really love comedy. Um, so yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. For those of us who are watching and who are curious about what it really takes to be an actress living out here in Los Angeles, what, where, where do you draw the resiliency to keep going? when you have to face rejection over and over and over again? 
Yeah, well, so great question. I've been on the other side of casting. I've gotten to like be on the other side. I actually, um, I helped cast the Golden Globes this year, some of their sketches and stuff. I've worked mm. with one of the Wahlberg brothers on some of the commercials he does. And I've just, they've been so professional and great, but I've also been on the other side of some other casting projects where it's like, it's so fascinating because it's so not personal. Like I literally was in the room where one guy was like, and this was not the projects I mentioned, this was something else. I won't mm -hmm. say what. And one of the producers was like, uh, fast forward her audition. She looks like my ex-wife. And I'm thinking this person memorized the script. They worked on the character. They showed up. They did, you know, they drove there. They did all these things. And you just fast forward to them because they looked like your ex-wife. So it's so, so, so impersonal at the end of the day. Like sometimes they, they give that role to a cousin or someone they owe a favor to, or you just never know what is going on behind the scenes that your job really is to just go and make a fan and that casting director to be your fan and who sees your work to be a fan so that they hopefully call you back in for something you are right for. But to get upset every time you don't book something, I mean, you just won't last very long in this industry because it is a lot of, you know, unfortunately you need a thick skin and I'm pretty good with it. Knock on wood. I, I feel like I've been pretty good. Um, the only time it gets a little challenging is when it's like multiple, multiple, multiple callbacks where you can like taste it. And then you're like, oh, I know it's down to just me and one other person. It's so close. And then it's sometimes a little like, oh, but, you know, I do have like a big faith that your part is your part. No one can take it. That part is their part. There's enough for everyone and try to come at it with that mindset or else you could kind of go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, especially for women, when we can draw a lot of judgment from, you know, our, our worthiness, like, oh, what's wrong with, you know, that question, uh, that, that mind, that mindset talk about, or chatter rather about, um, was it, you know, was it my looks? Was it my weight? Was it, you know, you, you, we, oh, yeah. that self-sabotaging talk that I can imagine would be much louder for and, actors. Oh yeah. And you know, you are, judge based on your looks too, because that's going to dictate the roles you can go out for right. a lot of the time, right? So until you really become a big name, how you look is going to dictate what you get submitted on. And I know I had one rep and he, he said to me, and you know, we're talking about like auditioning and, you know, I'm getting, getting great feedback, but I wasn't booking. This was at a particular time in my life. And he goes, I got to be honest with you, Mara, you're not Charlize Theron, but you're not Roseanne Barr. And I was like, what? So a lot of people are in the middle of those two people. And that's also like so mean, you know, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like people try to put you in a box as much as they can. And you have to just kind of show up and, and just have a positive attitude and kind of let it like roll off your back. Because again, at the end of the day, it is so impersonal. Um, it right. really is not a personal thing, but it can it can be challenging sometimes when you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you, you would get in those states and then just, you're just better at it now because we've, you've had so much practice about dealing with rejection? Yeah. I mean, cause I came at things from a funny angle too. Like, you know, coming out of the Academy, there were some beautiful people 
who immediately started booking work on like the CW. And it was like that whole like young, pretty ingenue. And what's funny is from a very young age, I had acting teachers and coaches say to me, you're going to work a ton when you're older. You're going to work a ton when you're older. And I would get so upset by it because I'm like, I want to be the young, beautiful ingenue. But I always got cast as like the funny, quirky friend. And mm. it's it's one of those things where it's like as an actor, you want to be able to play anything. But your vibe and the way you look is going to kind of dictate how you get your foot in the door, you know? So um, I think it's, you do start off a little bit with a lot of compare and despair, like, Oh, like they just walk down the street and they get discovered and I'm working so hard writing personal letters to everyone trying to get, you know, um, but everyone's path is so different. So it really has to be something. That, oh, sorry. My dog is a little, she hears something at the door. My apologies. Coconut, please. Sorry, guys. Teacup, tea coconut. Yes, she's a <laughs> little okay. dumb, but a little, a little sassy. Um, all that to say, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really, you know, I, I really try not to compare because it, it is such a individual business. The most talented person isn't necessarily going to do the best. It's a, it's a funny thing. Not that I'm saying I'm the most talented. I'm just saying. It, right. It's really so much of it is persistence. Like Jennifer Coolidge spoke at my graduation. And one of the things she said is like, I'm not the most talented. I wasn't the most per talented person in my class, but I stuck around and I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's path is so different. So it really is just kind of do what you love. And I can't imagine doing anything else. That this is all I ever wanted to do since I was four years old. And when I'm in the zone, like, you know, getting to work on Parks and Rec and these amazing projects, I'm like, okay, this is what my soul was put on earth to do. I know that. Um, it's just challenging in the in the plateaus where it's like, I want to be working. And as an actor, mm -hmm. yes, you can create now with like all the online platforms. You definitely can create yourself. But there is an element of needing to collaborate a little bit because you can't really just like act by yourself, right? So um, mm -hmm. I don't want to say waiting around because I definitely write my own projects and, and I you know try to have my hands in a bunch of different pies, but um, just having that like, okay, this is what, this is, it's all going to work out. I've never been worried big picture. It's just in those moments where it's like, oh, I wish I was doing a little more right now, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of a roller coaster. And it's like, you'll book a bunch of things at the same time. And then it'll be like really quiet for a while. And then like a bunch <laughs> of things come together at the same time. And it's like, why can't it be spread out? You know? Yeah. That sounds so contrasting too. It's either a lot or like a big break or a longer pause. Totally. You know what's funny? I've never heard of you say, I've never heard of that term compare and despair. I hear yeah. comparisonitis, but this oh, is my first time hearing compare and despair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that term because it's so true. Like no good comes out of comparing. Like you are a right. completely different human and spirit on a completely different path. And right. if you start to compare, it's like, it's apples and oranges at the end of the day. And you're just going to mm -hmm. make yourself feel bad. I forgot who said that it was, um, comparison is the thief of joy. So true. That's a, a saying. I, for, I forgot who it was. Guys. I don't know who I'll said it either, now. but I, I've heard that saying and it, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Well, I want to continue, um, getting to know you a little bit more, but before we do, let's just take a quick pause for our beautiful, amazing sponsors for this episode. So just sit back and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Rose Buato and Jennifer Rodondo Marquez are the founders and co-authors of In Her Purpose, 40 Principles of Asian Women Redefining Success on Their Own Terms. These are true stories of women who took different career paths ranging from fashion to art to entertainment to entrepreneurship and many more. Rose and Jen embarked on the In Her Purpose project to advocate for women, to feed and fuel the future generation, and to help women define and live out their life's purpose. What's up, family? I am Anita Vita, Master Medical Qigong teacher and healer. I believe that nurses deserve to be nurtured as much as they give. As a high-performing woman myself, I coach women how to overcome chronic gut pain so that they have total freedom in their life through the practice of medical Qigong. In 2011, while working as a nurse in the post-anesthesia unit, I experienced severe burnout and it expressed itself as IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Discovering this practice allowed me to eradicate this gut disease completely and naturally through meditation alone. The slow mindful movements of medical Qigong are potent and transformational recalibrating your cellular structure by cultivating your body's natural energy and healing source called Qi. Today I coach and empower women to achieve the same result through private and group programs, workshops and retreat experiences to awaken you to your truth and be the highest version of yourself. If you're still in pain, you've tried everything, and you're sick and tired going from doctor to doctor with only prescriptions and strict diets as solutions, fear no more, my friend, because you have found me. Send me a message right now at anita at nacionvira.com and we'll get you to rise out of that pain, guaranteed. So with, you know, I love that you said that everybody has a unique path. And what I'm witnessing from you is you're just staying consistent because it is your dream. It has been your vision and how lucky for you to go, you know, how amazing it is for you to go with it from, you know, a seed when you were four years old to now this full blown tree. I'm going to use tree as an analogy. It just felt right. And that you have, you're able to understand those facets of yourself when, hey, I know this is a role I, I really, really wanted because it's so, so close. Yet at the end of the day, you're like, well, maybe there, it's because there's something better that'll open up for me. And then that's where the flood of amazing work comes and projects. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I know a lot of us who's watching and listening in is, forgets that we are one of, uh, forget that we are one of one. We are unique. And in the acting world, it sounds like there's so many roles to play and that that's, it sounds like it also just comes with the territory, the looks, the, even the sound of your voice, the, the weight, the, you know, these criterias. And if, if you embrace that, you under, you have that understanding, it would be a beautiful path to follow if you truly wanted to be an actor. So I'm so glad that you had mentioned that. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people need to hear that more often than not because it gives them that drive to, well, let me just keep going. And at some point it will land if I stay consistent, right? Yeah, I I, I think so. And it's like, you know, it's hard. I think you do need to have a, um, a strong kind of inner compass as, as to what you really want, what you like. You know, I don't know if it's meditating or whatever works for you to, I, I, 
it was a blessing and a curse that I knew it for what I wanted to do because yes, I knew, but it's also one of the hardest industries, you know, but you know, I have friends that are my age that they never really had a calling to something. And I think that that has its own challenges too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's hard. I, I do have some friends that are really, really sensitive and like each audition really takes a toll on them because if they don't get it, it's like, it's days of a mini depression and mm. trying to help them like come out of that. It's, it's hard. Cause again, everyone's so different and their disposition is so different surrounding this that, um, yeah, it's challenging. But whatever I think you can do to fulfill yourself and ground yourself, like, you know, we're talking self-care as well. I think that's so important. And I I also really learned a lot. Sorry, my dog's making little gremlin noises. <laughs> Show your dog. <laughs> it's my dog. Can you meet her? Is she there oh, with you? Yeah. Up. This is Coconut. <laughs> she helps ground me too. <laughs> I but, have a fur baby that grounds me. I oh, learned so many lessons and wisdoms from him. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're so precious and special. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I, I, I learned this a lot during the pandemic too, because it was the first time my industry shut down in my experience ever, yeah. you know? And so there was this element of, oh, I don't have, the, I don't wake up with this <gasps> anxiety. Like, am I missing an audition? Do I have to put something on tape? Do I have to be somewhere at this time? Like sometimes we'd get same day auditions, which were like insanity. And you'd have to just like quickly get ready and forget your whole schedule for the day and memorizes your driving. And, um, you know, and again, talking about compare and despair, there is this FOMO element of they're working and they're working and they're working and I'm not mm. working. Well, now no one's working. It's silent. You know, there's no auditions coming through. So, okay. What is this new landscape? Like what else fulfills me? What else brings me joy? Um, you know, how do I fill up my cup without being able to do what I love? And so mm. I think it's important to have other things that you can do in the quiet times that bring you joy, you know, otherwise it, it can get pretty, pretty sad. And another thing I think is really important is celebrating the little wins. Mm-hmm. Like you got a callback, celebrate with a friend, do something nice for yourself. You know, you may not book the job, but just to get a callback is really big. And I think in doing so, you you bring a positivity to it, right? Like I, it was hard for me to do that because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm very hard on myself and I'm like, well, I don't deserve a celebration if I didn't book it, you know, but there's so many steps just because you get the call back, just because you, right. you know, book it, just because you do the table read, just because you shoot the pilot doesn't mean you're going to do it. Like I, I had friends that have shot the pilot and then they recast the pilot and it's now a hit TV show. I won't say who hit TV show. They were the original mm-hmm. first episode and they were just cut out and they recast the part. So until you see yourself on screen, are you just going to only wait to celebrate then? You know, and I think we can be right. really hard on ourselves in this industry. And I think it is important. I'm not saying go hog wild and, and like get drunk every time you you get like a little win. I'm just saying like do something nice for yourself. Acknowledge that you you got there because that's, that's hard to do, you know? So, yeah. I was just having that same conversation with another friend and which is really the inspiration behind the event that I'm having right on on celebration and that why do and it's I'm I I'm curious about that too like why do we wait for something really big to give yourself that acknowledgement yeah like oh it's not big enough yet why don't I'll celebrate when it's big enough or I'll pop that 
champagne when it's ready. You know, it's something really special. Yeah. But then when I'm hearing you share that your and your story around that is we don't really even know when we'll, you know, what the next day brings, right? And so those moments of celebration are important. And yeah. whatever it looks like for you, it could be, and what I'm learning is, and what I learned actually, is that it would be something that like tantalizes one of the senses, whether it's taste, um, scent, moving your body, you know, stuff like that, touch, right, feel, yeah. to anchor in that energy of celebration. Because when that joy is there, and this is something I always share, it's it's multiplied, right? A joy shared is multiplied. And then guess what? You light up everybody else around you. They're going to ask you, why are you so happy? Why are you so, what happened? You know, share that yeah. with me. And we don't get enough that of that type of conversation. And, and it's so nice, right? Because then now you spark joy in somebody else's life. And yeah. then it's a ripple effect. And so that's what I, I love about that. I love that. Yeah, I think it's so important. And, you know, I, and I'm guilty of, of, again, like I said, being kind of hard on myself from a very young age, but I, I've tried to be a little more graceful with myself. And, um, like during COVID, one of my close friends passed away from COVID during mm -hmm. the pandemic. And it really just, again, like it doesn't feel real. And there's just such a sense of it that I'm like, he enjoyed he would, he would love to just celebrate and bring people together and connect people. And for me, I'm like, I want to make sure that I continue to do that and that, you know, we, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And that really like you, you hear that, but I think until mm -hmm. something like that really happens or someone close to you, that was the first person that was like young, close to me that passed away. And it really made me like, okay, I have to just celebrate the now because I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like, you know, I really don't. And you can hear it, but until I think you experience something like that, to really let it sink in, mm -hmm. um, kind of changes your perspective too. Right. Like, yeah. yes, it is so important to me, but so is my family. So is my dog. So, so is being active. Like there are these other things, like I will be okay, you know, right. having that sort of, you know, outlook on it. What do you do for, for self-care and keep you grounded? And during those quiet times, like what, what did you see and what did you, you find out about yourself and, and during those times where it was really, really difficult to not find joy in your work? Because yeah. during pandemic, it had stopped for a bit or completely totally. rather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great question. I, you know, it was it was the first bit was rough because I was definitely fighting it. I'm like, this is, we're going to be back in like a month or not even a month. I was like, we're going to be back in like a week. And then I'm like, okay, we're back next week. And then just kept growing. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a minute. How can I, what can I do? Um, and, you know, I discovered a new hike a week. I would go outside to get, you know, I could go to the gym. So I'd go outside to get my exercise. I found ways to, do things I love. I spend a lot of time in nature. Um, that helped a lot. Um, and it was this sense of quiet. And I noticed, like I was kind of saying, that anxiety, that FOMO, mm -hmm. for the first time, like went away. And now, like after the pandemic, I do, I, I'm still very social, but I do love my alone time. I do find that really precious. And uh, my sleep is really important to me, my alone time. So as social as I am, I do need to take that time for mm -hmm. myself as well, um, which, you know, I think makes a big difference because 
for me anyway. <laughs> but yeah. 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 I love that. That you should thank you for sharing about, you know, what's important to you and what brings you value and really just keep you to gr- keep you grounded in all the work that you are doing. This is something I've always been curious about acting. When you play your roles, do you ever find yourself embodying it and living it out in your regular life? Or are you able to separate your character's lifestyle and, you know, and their qualities and their, you know, your character from your true self? Or are they one and the same? I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah. So, you know, another great question. I think it really depends on your technique. I have a lot of friends that are very method in the way that they approach uh, a role and they do take it home. They really like embody that until they're done with the project. And even after that, it's hard for them to shake that off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always been the person to like dive in head first, but when I leave, I leave it there. Um, And of course you'll take bits and pieces with you. I think, I, I think it's only natural. Like, spent inhabiting that character, spending that time that maybe a little bit comes back with you, but I really feel like I can leave it at work. Um, I'm able to really like compartmentalize and separate, um, which has helped me, I think. Um, But yeah, so I would say, I think it depends on the actor because I think for me personally, I don't, um, you know, bring it home with me, but I do, I do have friends that definitely do. Thank you for sharing. I was always wondering, I was like, how does one, especially when you're playing their character for a, a long period of time, yeah, how do you separate that? You know, where's the separation or if there is one, or are you okay with pulling out all, all of the qualities from, from everyone? So, yeah, it is. I really do think it's, it's, it's more of, you know, there, there's the, the method actors who really mm-hmm. are trained a particular way. And, and I have, tra- I've, I've trained in a bunch of different techniques. Um, and I think you kind of cherry pick what works best for you because it's point A mm-hmm. to point B. How are you going to get there? Doesn't matter as long as you get there. So I think everyone kind of has their different ways that work for them, you know? So, yeah. How do you best live out your passion? Oh, good question. How do I best live out my passion? Um, well, if my passion is, you know, acting and, and being creative. I think it's, gosh, how do I answer that? Um, well, you know, when I'm in the flow, when I'm, when I'm actually working, like it is such, there's such an ease to it, right? Like you're in the zone, like they talk about that in the flow, like I'm just, I'm in it. Nothing else exists. It's just amazing. And then on the days, you know, where I'm maybe not working, I'm, I'm writing or I'm auditioning or I'm, you know, it's just, it's, it's trying to find that joy in those pieces, because although auditioning is not necessarily the funnest thing in the world, because, you know, you want the job, the audition is the auditioning is the job. And then the, you know, the work and then the actual getting the part is the the fun part, I think. So getting to try to look at it as like, well, I get this amount of time to play this character. Maybe I'm not going to play it on the the program but for this moment i get to play it and Mm. just come at it with a sense of play and fun i think is really important um so yeah 
Did that answer your question? Yeah. Sense okay. of play and fun. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Cause I know acting has, is already your passion yet there's still that element of work. And what I'm hearing you say is, is embracing the fullness of it through its journey, especially in the hardest ones. Yeah. You know, that part where it's like, Oh, this is the work part. And then you, and then you land the role and then it's still fully encompassed your, your joy and your passion in it. Even though it's like, the, even though, even in the hard parts, it's still your passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, a, is that my ac- an accurate interpretation? Yeah, so, totally. And like, you know, at the end of the day, I love the craft. I love acting. I love collaborating with the director, collaborating with other mm-hmm. actors I or and the writer. Like I, I love the whole process. I don't love the business side, right? Like when you have to find a new rep for some reason, mm-hmm. or you have to, you know, negotiate things or like that side is, I think for an artist mind can be really challenging. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like just trying to navigate it all and, and, and all that good stuff. But the actual, you know, craft of it, I find so much joy in it. So, yeah. <laughs> I do. T- I can tell. And you exude such passion and you describing the work and your dream and how amazing it is that you get to live out your vision in the best way possible. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. <laughs> How can we um, support you and where can we connect with you? Thank you. So um, I'm basically at, you can see it right there, at <laughs> on everything, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat. Um, you can find me kind of on all the things. Um I co-wrote a really fun um, show with my in real life ex, who's like my brother now. We were never meant to be together romantically, but we are best friends. We're like family now. And we wrote a show called Exties, like besties, but exes, um, that we shot some fun content for. We're trying to pitch around, we're pitching that around. Um, we did a real cool short film as well with um, Jane Lynch. Um, that won a lot of awards in the film festival circuit. So that same team is gearing up to shoot another film. I think right out, I just booked a a film that's shooting in June. So I think we're going to be shooting that in July. It's going to be busy summer, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be posting all sorts of stuff on my socials. So if you want to follow me there, please do. Um, And yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate, you know, all of your words of wisdom and I'm sure that you have inspired everyone who is watching, who will listen in on the replay or watch the replays, as well as, you know, you inspiring me. So I thank you. Thank you so, so much, sis. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I will bring you back. I will bring you back. I love love that. (laughs) You're such good vibes. Thank you. You too. You're most welcome. I'll see you backstage. Fantastic. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching. Oh, Mara has just given us so many wisdoms, right? And gems. And I appreciate that she shares a little bit about her journey and really the other side of it too. Like how does she continue on and what does it take? So I hope you were able to take notes as always, you know, you could always rewatch it. And I always appreciate like when you guys are here and you are present. So as always, guys, Thank you so much for following. If this 
episode brought you any value, please share with a loved one. I always appreciate it when you like, when you follow me, and when you subscribe. As always, I root for your rise. See you next week, everybody. Have a beautiful night. Be the rise. I need to be the rise. I need to be the rise.